Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 podcast, coming to you from the 26th floor of our Chicago high-rise hotel with scenic views of the glorious South Loop and the lake. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson. It's Big Ten Media Days, gentlemen. How are you? That was a Keith, like a Keith Jackson type uh, setup there. Yeah, well, you know, you got to keep people on their toes. You're like describing the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Very similar. Our views of what we can see here in the Rose Bowl views from the press box, all the same. Very similar. Brian? I'm doing all right. You're doing all right? Yeah, we we fought through another media days. Congratulations, I'm folks. excited. There's uh, you know at least 360 days between now and the next one, so that's always good news. I bet you Scott Frost is happy it's not for another 360 <laughs> days, too. Uh, I, I have some pretty... Pretty well-placed sources that say that he was uh, ready to be done with the the interviews by the end of his day today. Uh, what did you guys take away, if anything? Like, what? I don't even care if you want to go with a 10,000-foot view or if there was just a piece of news related to the team. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway today, Brian, from Big Ten oh, Media Days? me. I was pointing at Bronson, and then Schaefer <laughs> went to me. Well, I saw you point, so I figured I'd oh, so you, throw so you throw us you. off. Um, I guess I kind of get into the nuts and bolts stuff because we, we spend so much of the other, the whole year talking about these big picture things. So whenever you get the head coach in front of you and, you know, he's telling you Ethan Piper moved to the offensive line or Brant Banks is on the offensive line, like that, that sort of information is valuable to me. To me, so I, I think some of that that stuff. I I was interested in talking to all the players. I asked them young guys who are impressing, and the first name that pops up all the time is Wandale Robinson. Like every, you probably aren't surprised by this. I'm not surprised, but uh, to anybody who is sleeping on the idea that he's not going to be heavily heavily involved in things, uh, that would be a mistake. Because you just, I mean, every everybody is talking about him. I also kind of grasped today. Adrian Martinez said this: that secondary is coming along pretty nicely. I think they've had a good summer. Um, they've got a lot of new guys who we know Travis Fisher likes. He said that this week, and uh, they are they go at each other like Deontay Williams and Adrian Martinez talk trash back and forth, kind of and have this kind of fun relationship on the field and kind of feed off each other. So I think there's some positive stuff you're picking up about the secondary. Yeah, I, I spent the bulk of my time during the player portion around uh, Khalil Davis. And, you know, as much as you know, Adrian Martinez is going to get a lot of the headlines, I mean, the, the defense is the story of this season um, for, for me because – the group has to get better. They've got to be better than they've got to be better than the group that they were at the end of last season, and they were they were decent in those last six games. They were they were especially compared to where they they started out. But uh, you know, sometimes at these events, you you hear something and it causes you to like something that you should know. Like you you start thinking about it, and you know, he was talking. They've got six senior seniors on that defensive line. They've got uh, veterans at linebacker they were he was really talking up Alex Davis and, and kind of what he's done 
in the offseason to put himself in a position to potentially uh, be a difference maker. And, and, and then you've got, you know, veterans at corner. They, they like Deontay Williams at safety. I mean, uh, it seems like there's the potential for that defense to take a big step forward in a large part because of the experience that they have back there. That's what I learned today. I think that's more than fair. And, uh, you know, going off of that, Alex Davis saying Muhammad Barry talked about him as well and referred to him as uh, a guy that's been a monster this offseason and the way that he's been throwing weights around and the kind of the work that he's been putting in behind the scenes. We'll see how that manifests itself as an outside linebacker. This is a very simplistic thing, but hearing Muhammad Barry describe the value of it to him in his role Darian Daniels being a nose guard in this defense, even if he's not filling up the stat sheet, what he can do for Muhammad Barry is simply fill up one or two linemen. And Barry was describing last year they had such an issue where teams weren't respecting their defensive line to the point that they were just running free releases to the second level and he was just getting picked off left and right. And – to, to him, the biggest difference with where he sees the defense right now from where it was at the end of last year is he thinks that they are got a shot to be better against a run because of Darian Daniels. He didn't say it was all going to be Darian Daniels. He's really excited about the you know potential of Colin Miller alongside him at inside linebacker. He mentioned Will Honus about 15 times. Uh, it sounds like he feels that Will Honus is going to be in a position to help contribute as well, but he just kept coming back to the guys in the trenches, the seniors in the trenches, the big guys that can fill up space. They didn't do it well enough last year. They struggled at this point of attack. That's well documented. Uh, but he really kind of illustrated where the difference is for him when they went through spring drills, and he really pointed out Darian Daniels. So I know we've talked about him a lot. I know that, again, this isn't a surprise. But the way that Muhammad Barry was talking about him and the load that I think that takes off of his shoulders and frees him up to, as he says, he wants them to play defense like it's a track meet. He basically wants to be running and beating somebody to a spot because if he doesn't, it means he's probably got left behind and he's going the other way. The, uh, the, the thing about the defensive line that's interesting to me too is Khalil Davis, I mean, guys look different this time of year. I mean, it's they've been working out all summer. They look like they've been putting in work. Adrian I, Martinez looks like he's 15 years older than he was when we saw him last year. Yeah, I mean, but Khalil Davis, to me, was like he looked different, like a different guy. And Did you guys think that or no? I didn't Am I alone? a ton of time around him. I and, mean, yeah, I think he looked bigger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'll I, trust you guys on that. Because I think – you know, it's uh, he was talking. Are you up, talking like upper body, like yeah. broad chest, that kind of thing? Yeah, he was saying that they. He was one of the guys that Frost pointed out that was that was uh, squatting 800 pounds, and what he added to that was that uh, when when they're doing box jumps, Khalil, Carlos, a couple of those other guys on the defensive line are doing the same height box jumps as some defensive backs and linebackers. So. Uh, you know that that's, you know it's off season talk, and we'll find out really quickly if that group is, is stronger and and whatever. But I mean that that's a an area that Scott Frost identified after that Iowa game that they needed to get better in, and it, it seems like at least from what we've been told, 
that uh, you know they've been putting in the work this summer to to rectify that. I thought what was kind of interesting to me is when you're at these events and there's different people that cover different teams and other markets and they're coming through and they're trying to pick off different storylines as it relates to their team and several different Wisconsin people stopped by to mention to Muhammad Barry that Jonathan Taylor ran for an average of 9.7 yards per carry over the last two years. And uh, Barry was, was pretty quick to say that that's something they have to leave behind them and that they can't change, obviously, what has already happened. But in no way can they allow anything close to that, whether it's Jonathan Taylor or anybody else, uh, to, to transpire again this year. I mean, I, again, it's, the, it's July. They're saying what they're supposed to be saying. But it is refreshing to a point to basically hear your senior linebacker talk about how when when asked almost universally, he would always go back to the same point of the key to them is they got to figure out how to stop the run. Nothing else matters in the Big Ten if they can't figure out how to stop the run. And it starts with those guys up front like you're talking about. I also want to mention that uh, one thing I learned from you is that Khalil Davis can still do his backflips. Yeah, at uh, you know 300 plus pounds. So there, there's always that. Impressive. The other guy who I'd want to mention is Kanawai Noah, or Kanawai Noah. Yeah, Frost pronounced it different than everybody else has. How did he say it? I don't remember exactly, but it it made me stop because I've had issues pronouncing. I always just call names. him Noah and hope yeah. people kind of follow along with me. Yeah, but Vedral. What's that? Vedral. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess there could be Bull confusion Gates. there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm walking into trouble with that. But nonetheless, he's out there doing the drills with guys, and he's working at all three wide receiver positions. And it very much seems a month or so into his Husker experience that he's set to try to be that exactly what he's brought in here for to be the, you know, hopefully the second receiver. I think that isn't that what what we're kind of expecting out of him to be the second guy behind Spielman. Yeah, I'm just expecting that he's kind of a steady presence that offers him uh, a guy that can go over the middle, a guy that can route himself open, I guess, if you will, uh, and someone that Adrian Martinez can rely on. I mean, I I don't know if I would sit here and bet that he's going to have the second most yards or the second most receptions, but at least in terms of relative importance, it seems like he's right behind J.D. Spielman. Yeah. Him. The other, the other thing is, sitting around Adrian Martinez, I know we give this guy a lot of praise, and it kind of just repeats. We don't give enough praise. It repeats itself over and over, and some people are like, okay, I've heard that over and over again. But I think if people had sat in the front row that are from the state of Nebraska and take a lot of pride in the program and how it represents them, they would have they would have just – there would have been a couple times I think some people are big fans would have got chills kind of because he – was just talking about how special the state is and this is a kid who's from fresno california he's been there one year and it's home to him now like he's he's totally a part of the fabric of husker football and it's more than just being talented on the field he's doing all the stuff off of it right and we knew he would be a good representation for this program in that spotlight but he he just delivered. I mean, he's not going to say any th- quote that's going to make everyone laugh or knock people over, but he's just so steady and so solid that you can understand why they have so much faith 
in him being the guy to be the face of this team and I think should be a team captain as a sophomore. Yeah, I was pretty impressed when I was over uh, listening to Adrian Martinez. One of the, the takeaways I have, I mean, he says he's 225. I think he's heavier than that. Um, he's well built. And he talked about he feels very comfortable that he has retained the explosiveness with adding the weight that he's not as worried. And he wasn't worried last year, but he said he learned pretty quickly in that Colorado game that you can't run people over in college football in the way that he might have in high school. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he wanted to put some weight on. He has put some weight on. And he wanted nothing to do with the idea that they would pare down some of their quarterback run concepts for his own safety. He was absolutely – he kind of – he didn't cut the guy off from the question, but you could sort of hear like a, a scoffing in mm -hmm. his voice as he was giving his answer. It's interesting that we just did something on our site before we got out here, 10 plays kind of to remember from last year about Adrian Martinez. And while I was going through some of the old game tapes – uh, I was watching the fourth quarter against Iowa, and on the there was a drive where it was twenty-eight to thirteen, and Nebraska went about ninety-nine yards. It, they ran the fake punt with Luke Gifford at the beginning of it, and they uh, ended up converting like three fourth downs. But on one of those plays, it was a fourth and one, and Nebraska lined up, I think, out of the gun, and it was a draw. It was a draw, and they just relied basically like. Uh, who was the kid from Oklahoma? The B Bell. Blake Bell. Yeah. The Belldozer. The Belldozer when they used to bring him in at yeah. the two-yard line and nobody could stop it. They basically ran that play on fourth and one and trusted this big guy with some mobility is going to figure out a way to get a yard. And he barely got it. But as I watched that play, I was thinking, like, they're going to do a lot more of that stuff with yeah. him, I think. Like, you're going to see that when they need a fourth and one or something, it's just going to be Adrian Martinez right at you. And when you look at his size, he's not a guy a lot of people really want to yeah. tackle he's over He's bigger over than again. Muhammad Barry. I mean, he's bigger than Nebraska's best inside linebacker. Look, that's Adrian Martinez is very well put together. I think Frost said that he's already significantly heavier than what Frost was when he played quarterback. And I, do you think of Frost as a big right. Big old QB. So, do do you think they'll run him, run him more? Any, I mean, not just because of the the, the size is important, but um, also just because of their quarterback position behind him is a little bit on more solid ground, I guess, than it was last year. Uh, I think it sort of depends on their need to use it. I guess. I think the the quarterback run game has its most value if it can be unpredictable. If it's something you have to rely on, then it tells me that other things in their offense maybe aren't working as well. Uh, maybe that's a weird answer, but I I don't anticipate that he's going to have like 30 more carries than he did last year. I actually think that probably his usage for the most part last year is predictive of what it's going to be this year. Now, to, to Brian's point, given their short yardage problems, it wouldn't surprise me if they rely on him more in those situations, and they did last year with Divino Zigbo. He'd bring the fullback back. That's the answer. <laughs> Resurrected. There's a lot of people right now yep. pounding that table saying. Yep, just fist pumping. Michael Brunts. Yep. I always liked him the best of those yep. three. That's my my presidential thing. Brunts 2020, bring back the fullback. Nice. Get anything else? 
I don't have anything to add on that. Do you have a Todd Peterson fact you'd like to drop today? Uh, well, we hung out with Todd Peterson we here did. in Chicago, and uh, he's very much 6'4", wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah, it's <was> good. <laughs> I mean, that was that the question if he was six four, and we had to see it. We had to get another look and see. It was confirmed. Yeah. 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 Um, fun fact. Well, okay. Here is a fun fact. Todd Peterson uh, not only lit up Dabo Sweeney's Clemson team. We got to talking about uh, when USC came to Lincoln in two thousand seven. Todd Peterson got Pete Carroll's defense for two touchdowns too. Granted. It was 49-17, to 17, and I think he scored the last two touchdowns and made it like 49-31, so maybe not as good as the Dabo Sweeney one, but that's three TDs against Carroll and Dabo Sweeney defenses. That's hey, a bit of an addendum to that fun fact. I lost a bet to you because I had forgot that Nebraska once led in that game 10-7. to 7. Yeah, you were very strong about that, too. Yeah, I was just convinced that they had gotten blown out from start in your defense todd peterson thought the same thing yeah he agreed with you so well but both of us had just apparently repressed most of that game even though he was in it yeah it was a good it's a good game to forget did you guys learn anything else today what what was the here's a question what what was the non-nebraska thing that you learned today oh i got one what's that i got one the uh I think the the head coach of Maryland, uh, Michael Loxley, I think I thought he was impressive. Like mm-hmm. I really, of all the guys who came up front, I enjoyed listening to him the most. And I can tell he's a guy like Frost. I know. I mean, I know people here don't care about Maryland football, but Nebraska sees him this year. And I think they're always going to be a team in this league when you're on your schedule, or you're, you kind of look at that game like, Ugh. you know, like you don't real. They might only be a six or seven win team, but you could very easily see yourself in a tight game against them every time you play them. And he's a Maryland, he's from there, and it, it just means a lot to him like it means the Frost to go back. Yeah, I thought, I actually agree with that. I thought he was impressive. And I mean, I know that the sort of the joke is that they're slated for a three and a half as their Vegas line, and that'd be. If they go over, there'd be more wins than Loxley has in his career yeah. as a head coach. But I, I thought that he was impressive, too. Um, P.J. Fleck was, once again, just an entire ball of energy uh, the whole time he was up there. Uh, Lovey Smith was – he probably had my favorite line of the day, talking about how there's always a team that comes out of nowhere and Illinois wants to be that team. Yeah. Just just kind of pushing that – out there into the the ether as if it has a chance in hell of happening. I think they'll be a, they'll be a tougher out than they have been. I don't I don't know that they they're going to be over the hump like he said they might be, but I think their offense is going to take a big egg step back. They didn't even know who their quarterback was until like halfway through last month. It's true. Unless Isaiah Williams wins that job, which maybe he could. That running back, I think, is pretty good. They, Reggie Corbin's very good. And a lot of those guys have played a lot yeah. of snaps because they, they were young. He made a good point. I mean, they're they're a team full of juniors. They have a core of players. I mean, I, I think he's really kind of hoping that he gets one more year and that next year is sort of the over-the-hump year. But um, I could also see a three-win season for Illinois, too. Who else was today? Who else Ryan won? Day was today. Yeah. Did the other thing I learned was that Chip Kelly had a golf tournament called what was it? Chippers and 
Chippers and zippers. Chippers and zippers. And that's yeah. where Scott Frost first met Ryan Day. Yeah. <laughs> the little golf tournament in uh, New Hampshire or Maine. Yeah. Maine. Is Maine. Maine. Yeah. Chippers and zippers. That'd be a great right. t-shirt if you get a hold of one from like the tournament from like 20, 2011, something like that. We learned also that the uh, Indiana roads are in good condition. They are. There was a over-exuberant uh, media guy from Indiana, and he was really shouting at Scott Frost, yeah. like he was, sh- and he was working at a rapid pace with his words. Um, and Scott Frost said, "Man, you got a lot of energy." And the guy says, "Well, I'm from Indiana. I don't know what that had to do with why he would have a lot of energy. Is that like a known fact that guys from Indiana are just full of Red Bull or something?" I, I don't know. <laughs> that that would have been news to me. But, but then Frost tried to bring it down by saying, "Oh yeah, we were in Gary, Indiana, because they had quite an adventure getting here today. They uh, Nebraska had travel troubles because of the uh, there's a storm in Chicago, so they were in Peoria briefly. Then they went to Gary, Indiana, uh, and they drove from there to uh, Chicago. And uh, Scott Frost said the roads in Indiana are in good shape. Yeah, he uh, that have been a long day. Yeah, no wonder he, he was probably done talking, wanted yeah. to talk football by the end of it. Did uh, did Frost, so you, one of the things you had mentioned, I think, last week, or maybe we, we were just talking about this, that you were curious to see what sort of football topics would come up that Frost would offer an opinion on. The, the one that was most notable to me is he kind of offered a – Pretty strong support to the idea of if a kid transfers, he should have immediate eligibility, which I thought was kind of interesting because that goes against what you hear from some coaches uh, who really sort of lament the whole transfer situation that we're in now. Yeah. Um, that is int- It does feel like we're headed that way, too. Like, that's where it's going. It makes the most sense to me, and it makes sense that Frost, a former transfer, would be – in support of that in the first place. I think I think there's also certain issues coaches realize where it's good to kind of stand up for the players because they know, you know, coaches, are, there's some coaches who they'll, they'll be the first to take a job somewhere else if it's better for them, and then they'll get on a platform and get mad about this, some players transferring or whatever, and that you can't really have it both ways. And I think some coaches are kind of understanding that. Like, you gotta you got to be smart a little bit in how you talk about it, understanding that in your very profession, people are leaving all the time and leaving behind kids and stuff. And so uh, I, I like that answer by him. And on that topic, too, is interesting. Vokalek, Travis Vokalek came up, um, the transfer from Rutgers, who's in Lincoln now, and – I wasn't really even thinking about him for this year, but the, it could be a possibility of going for a waiver. And the way things are going with that now, who knows? I mean, maybe he's in yeah. contention to play. Well, and he's a guy that I mean, Frost mentioned it today, and I've heard from from other people too that he's he's got an NFL body, like six 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 seven two hundred fifty pounds, and that's not you know media guide measurements. Like those are legit. So. I mean, you get somebody like that right away, or I mean, even down the road, that's that's a good get for them. And that I think a lot of people were kind of questioning why they were even going after him to begin with. Did you guys? I was going back through the transcript. 
I didn't realize that Frost, I, I must have walked away, but he came out pretty strong on the uh, the facilities thing, too, I thought. He did. He uh, was asked about, you know, whether or not Nebraska needs to upgrade its facilities. They do. Um, but he got kind of detailed about how they're basically making do with what they've got now because the meeting rooms aren't big enough. They can't even get the whole team together in seats right now because they've got more numbers than they did when the facility was built. Um, and yeah, then, I mean, part of that is pushing your numbers close to 150 right. on his part. Well, and yeah, because that was Callahan's teams are right around 105. They're pretty low. But the other part, too, is he, he threw out a, a little factoid that, what was it, all but three of the Power Five schools in the country have upgraded their facilities or changed their facilities in some way since Nebraska built theirs. So, I mean, that's that gets your attention a little bit. And it's – he was careful to say, you know, what we've got at Nebraska is fine, but, you know, something needs to be done a little bit. And, and Bill Moose today made it sound like nothing is eminent whatsoever there, even mm-hmm. though I know that those discussions have been ongoing for a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, anything from Bill Moose catch your uh, attention? Well, he, he said that he threw out six games as the the level that Nebraska has to win. That was still a little strange, wasn't it? Yeah. I, Scott I, Frost thought it was when he was yeah. asked that. I, I, get the, I get the broader point that he was making. I mean, they, they need to get to the postseason for the extra practices. Like, that's not debatable. But I, I was he, – he was asked twice, and he said the six, the six win thing. And uh, would Scott Frost say that everybody around there would be pretty disappointed if they just won six games this yeah. year? Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, in Moose's defense on that one, it's be, It's always better. Moses set it low, and then if the f- fans are fired up when you're six and six at the end of the year, you're like, well, we knew yeah. this was going to be a process, you know, and it takes time. Hey, it's a two win improvement. Yeah. So I, I kind of get it. Uh, from that standpoint but there's nobody over in those football offices if you told them right, right. now you're going to finish six and six they would be like what yeah How, how'd that happen well and it, it's uh, his point is correct too though i mean you think about nebraska not going to a bowl game for three three straight years three straight years i mean you're you're missing out on 45 extra practices that you're not getting there so you know I, it's it's a concern. I mean, you better hope you get to six, though, put it that way, because well, things well, would have to go horribly wrong. When you were talking about the facilities, I was thinking about when we were at Northwestern, we happened to take a trip through Northwestern's kind of – we saw everything that the, they're the working The Death Star. With. And they uh, – it, it's better than Nebraska, their meeting room. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, it's not close. Northwestern's is way better. Now it's new – they just built it. It should be if you're just, you know, it's it's fresh off the uh, assembly line. But it, I was like blown away. Like, man, they're they are ahead of Nebraska with the stuff they've got as far as just where the guys are looking at film and all that stuff. So, um, and so Frost has a point on that. I mean, I know people kind of get tired of like, oh, you always got to have something new, but they really have not updated a lot of that stuff. Uh, in quite a while. I mean, we're you're t- we're getting it to 12, 15 years ago now. You got that sweet, sweet Big Ten money now too. 
Yeah. It's time to start spending it. Everybody wants to spend somebody else's money, right? I yep. do, yes. <laughs> 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 All right, any closing thoughts here? I don't know. We just got to go get a nice meal. Yeah. Treat ourselves. Lots more stuff on the site later tonight. Yeah, there will be. Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff up on the site. I mean, we got stories on uh, Darian Daniels, stories on uh, Scott Frost talking about offensive line changes and some other news and notes that came out of this. Mo Berry desperately wants to beat Iowa. He's got one last shot to do it. It'll be senior day for him. He said it'll be a very emotional day, and then he wants to come out with a win. Uh, All of that you can find on Husker 24-7. As always, our podcast you can catch again next week. We will uh, be on a regular schedule, and pretty soon we might be moving to two a week once we start to get a few Nebraska practices in. This is uh, a little bit of a tease as there's this access today and then It'll be quiet again until August 1st, I think. Yep. So, but once August hits, we'll ramp up. Nebraska might have some visitors next week as they come out of the dead week. So, we'll have that to discuss. Uh, but as always, keep it locked on, Husk- on Husker247.com.